Is it true that we can see the message of the gospel everywhere we look? Welcome back to Bearing Up. Uh, it's been too long, but there's been a lot that's happened. Uh, and the summertime is just kind of a, you know, busy time. But I've gotten married, uh, and so that, getting used to that, and getting used to a lot of other different things, transitions, uh, and summer schedule has kind of put burying up uh, on the back burner for a little bit. But now we're back into it, uh, and I'm excited uh, for what this season will bring. We're at season five. Um, now, if you clicked on this video or you clicked on uh, the podcast, you uh, we're going to talk about the gospel, of course, um, but seeing the gospel in everything. There's one particular thing we want to focus on, uh, and it's going to develop into a series for this season. However, I just want to just begin by, by talking about how we can see God everywhere we look. Uh, we can see the gospel everywhere we look. Um, and... There's a lot of things that we can look at in our world and say, you know, there's God. Uh, we can see something and we can take something in and we can feel God or we can see God or we can see the results of God uh, and his power and his work. Um, the first thing that we often think about is nature. Uh, Romans chapter 1 verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made so they are without excuse. He's talking about people who would go and, and worship the creation. Well, they're, they're right in saying that the creation is good, but it is not the ultimate good. Uh, and they make the misfortune of worshiping the creation rather than look at the creation for what it is, which is supposed to point to the creator. Uh, and so that's what nature does. It points us to the creator of it all. Uh, certainly we can see God in nature. We can also see God in his word. We have to look at God's word uh, if we're to know him, if we're to know the gospel. Um, and his word doesn't compare to anything else. Um, it's by the knowledge that we receive through God's word the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. So his word is definitely where we, we learn about him and we know him and we can know what he is like. Um, you can only get so far by looking in the world. So everything needs to be based off of, of God's word. And all of these other things that we talk about, including the main topic of today, um, we have to go back to God's word. We have to compare, we have to look at, we have to examine and study God's word. Um, but another way that we can see God in the world is by looking at man's capacity for good. Um, this includes all of the greatest virtues that are lifted up in every great uh, culture and society. You know, things like loyalty and love, generosity, compassion, sympathy, grace. These are, you know, the highest virtues, the, the greatest virtues that we have and we call these the best societies, the best places to live because 
when people operate under these virtues and these virtues are heralded in those cultures and societies, the people there are the most happy. They feel the most secure. They feel the sense of belonging and togetherness. They feel whole. Um, they are in less need of, of different things in the world. And I think that it is this capacity that man has for good is kind of the point in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, where Paul is talking about how, you know, he's been crucified with Christ. It's no longer Paul who lives, but Christ who lives in him, Christ who lives in me, right? And so from the way that he lives, people are supposed to be able to see Jesus. And we understand as Christians that that's an important part of being a Christian is so that by the way that we live and why the by the way we behave, uh, by the way that we conduct ourselves, uh, we are shining the light of Jesus. We are reflecting him. Uh, of course, we can see this in the marriage relationship as well. You know, husband and wife, Christ in the church, Ephesians chapter 5 is a great place to look. Um, we can see it in sex. Now, of course, I'm talking about the way that God designed sex, the oneness that is there that is supposed to reflect uh, the oneness that God has with himself, but also the oneness we are to have with God. Um, oftentimes in the church, we don't like to talk about sex and we focus on the, the ways in which uh, it can be perverted uh, and the things that we're to avoid. But we also have to recognize that sex is something that God made uh, and is a beautiful thing that reflects him. Uh, and our relationship with him. So that's a good thing that we can see God in. Uh, of course, we can see God in our family relationships. We can learn about the relationship between parents and children, you know, brothers and, and sisters, and, and how these relate to our relationship with God. And we can see God also, not just in his creativity in making the world, but in man's creativity as well in the beauty of things which man creates, um, the technological feats that are made, the works of art that are made, there is a glimmer of the creator God in them. And I love that we live in a world where science and, and technology has gotten to such a state that we have tried to replicate uh, things that God has made. Um, you know, we have artificial hearts and we can... Uh, have artificial limbs that, that operate and move with such complexity. And yet at the same time, they don't compare to the original. They don't compare to, to what God has made. Um, but we can see in, in everything uh, the complexity of things that are put together. Uh, we can see the, the beauty of God um, in his creation, man, uh, and the, the potential uh, and the... Uh, ability that God put into man uh, to make great things. Uh, and so we certainly can see God in, in those things as well. But there's one particular thing that I want to focus on for a good part, a good part of this uh, season. And the way that this is going to operate is we're going to have a series uh, that is based on this topic that's going to alternate. So we're going to be focusing on one particular thing for this season but we're going to still have episodes like we have had in, in previous seasons. So if this really isn't your thing, uh, we're still going to have our, our regular sort of uh, episodes as well. 
But one thing that we can see God in that we don't often think about is movies. And I'm not talking about Christian films either. I'm talking about just the general movies that we see, um, our favorite films. Um, and I think that there's a lot of questions that we can ask that can connect us to this idea. What makes a good film? You know, why is it that we enjoy the films that we watch? Why do the stories that we watch on TV uh, or in the theater, why do they resonate with us so much? How is it that people who are completely opposite from me or opposite from you in personality and values, how can we all still love the same movies? How is that that, that can take place? Um, does this have something to do with God at all? That's going to be the big question, and we're going to expand on this and try to talk about this a little bit today and expand upon it with specifics uh, as we go throughout this series. So don't go away. Uh, we're going to have a quick break, and we're going to answer these questions. Uh, so hold on just one second. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for watching or listening to Bearing Up. Uh, you can find us on all social media. Uh, primarily, we uh, do our uh, video on YouTube and Facebook and Rumble. Uh, we have an Instagram account. Uh, you can also listen to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, one of my favorite places to listen to Bearing Up is on the Ministry League app. That's right. You can listen to all the uh, episodes of uh, Bearing Up on the Ministry League app. It's got a lot of great Christian resources. It's got a lot of other things there that uh, are helpful, uh, podcast videos, other things. Uh, so go check out the Ministry League app. Uh, and if you'd like to support this channel, support this work, uh, check out the Bearing Up shop. Uh, that's just one way that you can support uh, besides uh, sharing and commenting, uh, uh, liking, reacting to uh, this post or uh, leaving a review uh, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you may be listening, uh, that's one way that you can support us. So thank you so much for watching and listening again. Uh, we'll get back to you. Okay, so we've kind of opened up a can of worms. Let's see if we can kind of nail in on this and see if uh, you know, this really makes sense what we're talking about today. Um, there's a book called Rumors of Another World, and it's a great book. Um, there's You kind of kind of pick, pick through it a little bit, but there's some great things. It's by a man named Philip Yancey. Uh, and the idea behind the book is seeing God everywhere uh, and being able to see God while we're working is, is one of the big things. Um, but seeing him in everything uh, and he says in chapter two, he has, he's actually quoting someone else, um, Robert Barron. But he says, God delights, it seems, in using trees, flowers, rivers, automobiles, friends, enemies, church buildings, paintings, in order to announce his presence or to work out his purposes. There's something crude in the depiction of God intervening directly in the play the clumsy deus ex machina interrupting the speeches of the other actors and upsetting the stage. How much more tantalizing the God who hints and lurks and cudgels 
hiddenly through and around the actors, even unbeknownst to them. It is that humble God who chooses so to act. And so basically what he's saying there is, you know, you don't have to throw God in arbitrarily into the play or into life even, uh, into a film uh, for him to be seen, right? We don't, we don't have to just plug God in and just to say, well, there he is. You know, this, there's a Christian idea here because we've mentioned God by name. Uh, you don't have to do that because you can see God and he shines brightest actually when he appears unintentionally in the story. He talks about how, you know, even the actors, unbeknownst to them, not even in their mind, they are acting out. They are performing in a way that shines the message of, of God and who he is. Um, it's really kind of an incredible thing. Um we can see this in the scriptures through the book of Esther. You know, God is not mentioned explicitly. Uh, and yet you have a powerful book that is all about God. It is all about God um, and, and how he works in this world. And so as we're reading about Esther and the problems she faces and, and Mordecai and his problems and the problems of the Jews and, and all of that's going on and what has to take place, you can still see God in all of that. Um, but this is why every, not just the book of Esther, but every powerful story intrigues us and maybe entertains us or has us desiring for something more. Um, this isn't to say that God wants to entertain us necessarily, but just the fact that even in entertainment, even in those things that we would say are removed from God, you still see God in them. It's pretty incredible. Now, views on this are kind of varied. Um, there's a book called God Does Not, and the extended part of that, I don't know all of it, but God Does Not Entertain is one of the things that he talks about. Uh, D. Brent Latham is the author. He says, so movies are often profoundly personal, passionate, and powerful. This means that they are profoundly human. They touch us, move us, sometimes motivate us to be better persons. When they do, we should thank God. For if God can work through anything, as Karl Barth once memorably put it, even through a blossoming shrub or a dead dog, then of course God can and will occasionally work through the personal connection, the passionate evocation, the powerful force of, the, of an entertainment-like film. But that doesn't transubstantiate movies into a means of salvation or mean that God is the entertainer present in, with, or under every good movie we see. In the end, movies are primarily about entertainment. The movie is still just a movie. I think he brings up some good points there, and I think that this is something that we need to recognize. A movie is just a movie. Uh, it, it's, you know, it may be based on you know, factual historical events, but, you know, it's about entertainment. It's about putting on something to move us. It's a, you know, there's, there's all kinds of reasons why someone might make a film, but for entertainment purposes is, is primarily, uh, one of the main reasons for making a film. Uh, and he also makes a good point in saying that this doesn't, this doesn't bring us to salvation, right? We have to go back to God's word. 
we have to look and see what the Bible says about salvation. And we're not going to be able to find um, the salvation of Jesus Christ and, and become a Christian through watching uh, pop culture movies. You're not going to be able to do that. Um, and so he makes some good points there. But there's some other suggestions, other ideas about this that, that go a little bit deeper. Uh, again, I think this, this idea is kind of looking at it at a surface level, which is true if we look at things at a surface level. Um, but we can go deeper. It's possible for us to. Um, Gavin Ortland of the Gospel Coalition says this. Movies provide us insight into the questions people around us are asking. They are windows into our cultural narratives, into those ways even very secular people are worshiping an unknown God. When I say movies are searching for the gospel, I don't mean the content of the gospel, but more the shape of the gospel. Movies tap into our deepest emotions because they draw on truths and realities that only make sense in light of the gospel. And the questions they ask are only resolved in the gospel. So this is a very different point of view. This is sort of saying that, you know, the reason why we like movies, the reasons why, you know, we are intrigued by them and we ask questions about them, is because of the gospel. And in the article that he is writing here uh, for the Gospel Coalition, he points out that the major themes that are in the best movies are the same themes that we have with the gospel, the same themes that we find throughout um, the Bible. Uh, one of the main ones that we see in films are good versus evil. Right there's the good side and there's the bad side, and sometimes the the, the uh, lines are grayed a little bit, but you still understand that you know making the right decisions are important, uh, and so there's always this, not always, but there's a lot of films that uh, have that contrast, and there's a you know a weighing out of those things, and hopefully you're thinking you know good should triumph. There's also the, those movies that, you know, have happy endings. We like happy endings. We're, we're kind of hoping that the good does triumph over evil or that, you know, the, the, the guy gets the girl or, or things like that uh, that happen and, and everybody's happy and there's peace at the end. Uh, we love happy endings because inside every human being is desire to be happy. Uh, and ultimately, that is truly fulfilled uh, in the promise of heaven through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, that's the answer. That's that's the answer for what we're longing for. Uh, whether the film is about a romantic relationship or going through a particular trial or, or series of trials, we want a happy ending. Now, there are films that don't have happy endings, um, and those sort of point us, they kind of leave it us for something that we're longing for. You know, I hate that it sort of ended that way. It was entertaining, but... You know, there's, there's got to be, there there should have been something else that happened if only the, the protagonist did this. Um, and, and sometimes we're content with those uh, unhappy endings because it's a reflection of the wicked world that we live in and the sinful world that we live in. And so we sort of relate to that because 
that's the world that we live in. It is it is a fallen world. Um, those that enjoy or, or find pleasure in evil and wickedness uh, that come out in some movies, uh, I would say their consciences are seared. Generally, it's it's the desire to have a happy ending uh, versus you know everyone die at the end and everyone be sad. And uh, of course, we still can find God in those things too, um, because we're left longing for something uh, something better. But one of the most uh, important and one of the most uh, well received themes, or the ones that are done really well, leave us incredibly moved are the ones where there's a theme of suffering and sacrificial love. Um, you know, suffering for those that you care about and sacrificing oneself for those that they care for, that they love. Uh, that's an incredible theme. And we're going to expand on this in just one second uh, with an example. But you're probably asking, you're probably wondering with all of this, um, does it really matter about the director or the writer or the producer or the, the people that are making the film does it does it really matter what their intentions are behind the film whether or not we we see god in it or, or the gospel in it no uh, we don't actually uh, have to rely on their intentions at all in order to see this um there's a great example uh avengers endgame and uh, spoiler alert, I'm going to talk about the ending. Um, so, But Avengers Endgame is a film that was made for entertainment. You know, it was made for, uh, you know, fan service for a lot of people that were into the Marvel movies. Uh, it was made to make a lot of money, surely. Um, I, I don't know if there's very much anything deeper than that. Um, but... Uh, you know, their, their intentions are certainly not to reflect God and, and to share the message of the gospel at all. But you have this character, Tony Stark, and, and he is not at all a, a good representative of Jesus. He, he is not a total representative of him at all. Uh, he's self-centered a lot of the time. Uh, he goes behind others' backs. He's riddled with flaws. He makes mistakes. He's you know, selfish, and, and so he doesn't, he's not a Christ figure uh, in most of the films and most of the parts of the films. However, there is, at the very end of, of Endgame, a conscious sacrifice that he makes to save the world, to save the universe. Um, and that sacrifice that he makes definitely resonates with Jesus' sacrifice. It definitely does. Um, both sacrifices are meaningful because rooted in all of us is a desire to have a savior, to be saved by someone who would do anything, even die to save us. You have a character who's been around for a long time, been around since Iron Man, uh, and he's developed and he's somebody that that is meaningful as a person. Um, but ultimately he makes a sacrifice at the very end it's a very selfless sacrifice he does this thing um and it's it's almost like all of all of the avengers movies all of the marvel movies up to that point 
are making its way to that particular point, which is amazing because that's how the Bible works too. The Bible from the very beginning all the way up to Jesus' sacrifice was leading up to Jesus' sacrifice. All the Old Testament was leading up to that moment, just like the Avengers movies were leading up to that sacrifice that, that he makes for the universe. Um, and so we can see the reflection. We can see the reflection and we can see how, you know, the reason why that is so powerful is because it resonates within us. Why does it resonate within us? It's because we need the gospel of Jesus. It's because we need that Savior. It's because we need the one who would give up his life to save all of us. Now, this is a rather simple explanation and a short explanation over one part of a film. Um, but you kind of get the idea. And this is what uh, this series is going to be about. Over the course of this season, we're going to exploring, we're going to be exploring some of the best movies out there, some new, uh, some old. And we're going to see how God and the gospel uh, are reflected in them. Um, we're going to consider movies like Top Gun Maverick, uh, which is pretty new. Uh, we're going to go back and watch, uh, or not watch, but uh, reflect on Forrest Gump. Uh, we're going to even do some, uh, what you might call chick flicks. Uh, we're going to look at The Notebook, uh, some others. We're even going to look at the movie Joker. Uh, and it's rated R rating. I uh, understand a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. But it is a very popular movie. Um, and it's one where you might think there's no way of seeing God in this. Um, but most certainly there is, and we're going to look at that and discuss that. I also understand that this is not going to be everybody's thing, right? This is a little bit, this is a lot different than what uh, we have done on this show. Uh, and so this may not be for you. Um, but I'm really not planning to do this in, in other seasons unless there's a good reception behind this, unless... Um, you know, this is something that people enjoy. But I would like to to say and kind of have as a disclaimer that this is this is still a Christian podcast. This is still going to be about uh, Christian encouragement. And uh, this is the whole point of this series is kind of based in Christian encouragement. It's it's encouraging us to be able to see God everywhere that we look. Um, that's that's the main point behind this. Uh, to kind of give us a, a new set of glasses to be able to see, even in entertainment, um, the themes of, of the gospel. Uh, and so we are going to be studying from the Bible. Uh, we're going to be looking at particular passages that relate to some of the ethos, um, some of the pathos uh, from the movies that we enjoy. Uh, and so we're going to reflect on Scripture for sure. And this is only going to be half of the season. It's going to alternate each week. Uh, we're going to go back and do um, sort of the stuff that we've done in previous seasons as well. So if this isn't your thing, we're going to still remain doing some of the things that we were doing before. Uh, this is just going to be a little bit different part of this as well. Um, that's all I have for today, but I just want to uh, thank you again for watching. Um, Please stick around for the Servant Spotlight after the prayer, uh, and so don't go away. God, I thank you so much for our listeners, uh, for those that uh, 
have listened this far into the podcast and uh, ask you, dear Lord, to bless them. Uh, help us all as we live in this world to be able to see you, uh, to recognize the gospel, to recognize your power, to recognize your love in our relationships and in film and, and everywhere that we look. We ask you, Lord, to uh, be with us uh, and help us to obey the gospel, help us to uh, understand your word as you would have us to, uh, be obedient uh, to your word, uh, and of course, abide in Jesus. Uh, thank you so much for this day uh, and for this topic and for us being able to see you in our world. And this is Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The service spotlight today goes to Bernard Tellis. Uh, I don't believe that I've had him as a um, servant spotlight before, but he's a member of the congregation here. Uh, he steps up and teaches Bible class. Uh, sometimes when I impromptu uh, do not show up for being sick. Uh, <laughs> but uh, one of the things that, um, that he does uh, to encourage me is he, he makes contact with me every week. He gives me a call. Uh, he'll visit at the office. Um, but he is all about encouragement. Uh, he is a Barnabas in the church, uh, and he makes special attention to uh, the preacher here. And so I'm very thankful for him. I'm thankful for his friendship. Um, I'm, fa I'm thankful that he's my brother in Christ. Um, and I, I am so thankful for the example that he sets in being a servant who encourages. Um, He's a little unconventional at times, uh, he's, but he's got a great personality, and he's a, he's a fantastic brother who looks out for others, uh, not just me, <laughs> but uh, is always looking out for the body of Christ and, and for his family, uh, and is just a wonderful example of a, a Christian man all the way around. Uh, and so the servant spotlight goes to, um, to him this time. Thanks again so much for watching. Uh, have a blessed one. We'll see you next time.